movies, all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 260. Of this week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast for all things comics, movies, TV, games, toys, news, and special exciting debuts of new co-hosts. <laughs> I am Ben Morse, the editorial director of digital media here at Marvel, and with Ryan, aka Agent M, out on the road, we have got Sniffles, aka Amanda, <laughs> stepping up to the mic for her first co-hosting gig, and she is super ready for it. I apologize in advance to everyone listening to stop, this. Stop, stop setting expectations low. <laughs> no, that's are, a good that's a good plan. You are ready to go on this. You are a broadcasting professional. I don't know about that. You read all the comics? Vaguely. You had people <laughs> explaining them to you? Somewhat. Yes. You had the best teaching that money can buy. Oh yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't pay too much for your teaching. Um, no, you're going to be great. I got a comics tutor and I paid him a lot of money. Yeah. What are you doing with the keys? You're making all sorts of noise. I know. All right. <laughs> Just focus straight ahead. We're going to be great. Okay. So anyways, guys, if you've never listened to us before, first of all, we are brought to you by Loot Crate. Uh, there'll be more information on Loot Crate later in the show, but there are great sponsors. Uh, what we do here is we cover all the comics, print, digital, etc. We get to the news, and sometimes we take your questions and uh, comments, but this week we're running a little short, so we're not going to have the questions and comments this week. We will next week have the Twim URC Unlimited Reading Club. So Amanda just turned her head as if I could not see her sniffling when she turned her head. Um, for those of you keeping score at home. Um, <laughs> we will have the Twim URC Unlimited Reading Club next week with Doctor Strange Triumph and Torment. Ryan will be back for that. It's going to be awesome. But let's dive right in. Let's talk about these comics that are uh, out this week. We're going to start with A-Force number 10, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Paulo Sequeira, and Joe Bennett, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, this is the final issue of A-Force. I can't believe it. It is uh, The journey comes to an end. And it's super creepy issue. Did you read this? I did. This is the one with all the bug monsters. Oh, right, right. This is the one where, okay, so yeah. Medusa, Dazzler, uh, Singularity... Nico and Captain Marvel are fighting bug monsters. This whole town has turned to bug monsters. And Paulo Sequeira in, in particular, Joe Bennett as well, does such a good job of rendering these creepy bugs and the people turning into bugs that I was just like horribly terrified for the remainder of the remainder of the evening after I read it. I was very it ruined me. It was very Rick and Morty esque if you've ever seen No. No? No. Oh, okay, never mind. I don't watch your millennial TV shows. It's so funny. I'm whatever. Sure it is. No, I've heard things <laughs> about it. Anyways, it all comes down to Nico having to make a decision on how she's going to handle the central problem of the bugs. Um, there is a girl who is unwittingly causing all these bugs to appear and unwittingly causing all the people to become bugs. Ulysses has made a prediction that Nico is going to kill this girl. The girl's like, you have to kill me. It's the only way to stop this. Nico really doesn't want to. She doesn't want the prediction to come true. Uh, she does eventually make his choice, and it's a hard choice. She gets her friends back. There is a further evolution of the initial bug girl. There's a great coda in the hot springs with Elsa Bloodstone. And then there's a nice final discussion between Captain Marvel and Nico. And that leads into the last page, which is really touching. And then a really nice farewell from Kelly Thompson. Um, so good book, A-Force. Uh, thank you for all that you gave us during your incredible run. 
I guess that's me now. Huh? Yeah, it's on okay. you. Okay, so I'm going to attempt all new X Men episode or issue fourteen episode. episode. I like that. Yeah, it's episode. very British. <laughs> um, so writer is Dennis Hopwood, penciler Mark Bagley, inker Andrew Hennessy, colorist Nolan Woodard, and letterer VCs Corey. Pettit. I'm sorry That's if good. I butchered your name. I like how you said some of them as questions and some of them as, as statements. <laughs> you know, got to get that inflection. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's happening. All right. So um, Cyclops has, you know, been injured and he's chilling out playing video games, even though he's talking about how he really shouldn't be doing competition independent games because he gets very addicted to them. Um, he's sitting on the couch starting trying to do some 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 gaming mm-hmm. when um oh god beast do you game amanda i just bought a nintendo ds to, really to, to begin gaming yes. okay are you excited yeah it's what fun are you gonna play um <laughs> i'm a pokemon nerd there it is so <laughs> um knew there's a way you got on this show yeah <laughs> pokemon yeah. yep um so then beast comes out not i think that's beast that's it is beast. beast okay and uh Makes a joke that there's no batteries in his controller, so he can't game. Can't play. Can't game. And then sneaks back away into his lair without telling Cyclops what's going on, which Cyclops thinks is hinky because... Yeah, Beast is up to something. Beast always says what's happening. Yeah, and he is experimenting in his lab, and Cyclops has no idea what's going on. So he tries to sneak into the lab Mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on, um, and all of his attempts fail utterly, but they're pretty funny. Um, at one point, I believe Nightcrawler pops out. That's a bamf. Oh, a bamf. It's like a little Nightcrawler. It's like a mini Nightcrawler? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's close. <laughs> Very close. Close um, enough. Yep. And then, yeah, just trying to figure out what Beast is up to in his lab. If I miss something, please, please tell me. Um, I'm sure we're going to have comments <laughs> of plenty on what you Comments of plenty. This is your first comment um, of the week. Oh, wow. And then, okay, I'm not sure where we're going here. But then a monster pops out. Yeah, Cyclops gets in a fight with a scary. Um, there's some tentacles. Yeah. It looks kind of like like an octopus tentacle pops mm-hmm. out and starts attacking Cyclops. And he tries to get Beast's attention to help him, but because he's been trying to sneak into Beast's lab, Beast is like, uh, he's just trying it's to the get in. Wolf. Yeah, this isn't, isn't it real? So uh, up in his wheelchair, he puts on his little X Men shirt, but he can't put on his pants because his leg's broken. So. <laughs> Good observation. <laughs> That's some keen observational skills right there. Um, and he takes on this giant eye octopus. That's the best that I can explain that. I think that's a good description. Um, it's pink, so it's, it is that. Yeah. Um, blast it with his little eye beams. <laughs> and then just continues fighting this googly-eyed monster and not making much progress. And then... I'm not sure what happens, but he wins. Yeah, he wins. <laughs> just keep shooting those little uh, yeah, eye beams of his. Just eye lasering, and then the monster explodes, and he goes back to the couch and starts playing his video games. There you go. And, um, yeah. It's not gonna, it doesn't end well for him, though. There's other stuff he's got to worry about. No. He's, uh, he's, the last page is unbeknownst to him what's coming for him. Yeah. Very good <laughs> word. Good word, unbeknownst. <laughs> All right, over to Amazing Spider-Man number 20, written by Dan Slott with Christos Gage. Pencils by Giuseppe Camuncoli. Inks by Cam Smith and Giuseppe Camuncoli. Colors by Jason Keith. This is a clone conspiracy tie-in. If you read Dead No More, the clone conspiracy number one, you know that Dr. Octopus is back. This is the awesome story of how Doc Ock came back from the dead. He uh, basically... 
looks up his old body. This is after the events of a few issues ago where he tried to get Peter Parker's body. He looks up his old body. He does some cyber trickery to get um, the people who have taken possession of his old body in touch with the Jackals people, the people at uh, New U. Uh, there's some stuff going on with the New U crew, and they eventually bring Otto Octavius's body back. But here's the problem. Here's the hitch, if you will. When Otto Octavius died, he had Peter Parker's brainwaves going through his head because he had switched with him. And when he the body comes back and reasserts itself, it's Peter's brainwave once more. So now Doc Op has to fight inside his own mind against Peter Parker to control his own body. I'm not going to say how that ends, but needless to say, at the end of the issue, someone is in control of Dr. Octopus's body. His arms come into play. The Jackal is still mysterious as ever, and it sets everything up for the next installment of Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. Yeah, I have to say I really enjoyed how the comic artist made him punch himself while he was in his mind fighting himself. You like that? Yeah, that was funny. It was a nice touch. Yeah. All right, one we don't have here with us, but it's on the list. Sorry, guys, some of our uh, comics are not physically here, but we remember them nonetheless. Astonishing Ant-Man number 13, which is written by Nick Spencer, art by Ramon Rosanas. It's the concluding chapter of Astonishing Ant-Man. We have some shenanigans going on in court. Scott Lang trying to prove his innocence. Uh, really nice coda to the series and capper on how the story is really all about um, the relationship between Scott and Cassie and how they bring it all together in the end and with his, all his friends and his enemies all together. Over in Black Panther number seven, written by Tanahasi Coates, art by Chris Sprouse. Um, we have the the crew. The crew is here. The crew, if you guys don't know, was an old Marvel team that Christopher Priest created. This is Tanahasi's new version of the crew with Storm, Luke Cage, Manifold, and Misty Knight. It's pretty cool because there's a bunch of different things going on in this issue, a bunch of different narratives you can follow. You can follow Black Panther, who is a captive of Ezekiel Stane and the crew coming to try to save him. You can also follow what's going on with kind of the villainous characters, although whether or not they're villains really depends on your reading of the story and their more philosophical discussions of what they're going to do next. Back to action. Then we go to Shuri, who tells basically a fable of this boy who raced a cheetah. Uh, And then back to the villains. And then back to T'Challa one more time, getting the crew mobilized and getting ready to try and take back his land from uh, these invaders. It's it's a great issue. Ta-Nehisi is getting... uh, He's right off the bat. I mean, this is his, what, seventh comic, and he is genius at just weaving stories in and out, telling three different narratives at once. The art by Chris Sprouse is gorgeous. Not going to give it much better than Black Panther number seven. Um, Next is Black Widow, No More Secrets. It's the first issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. This is one of the ones I had to have someone explain to me, Mm -hmm. so just be warned. Um, Writers Chris Samney and Mark Wade. Um, Colored is by Matthew Wilson, and artist is also Chris Samney. Yeah. Samney, is that... Here's Samney. He wrote and drew Sam-ney-he. it. Samney. Yeah. Uh, there's two E's. So, um, all right. So we you know what you know what two E's sound like. Don't don't play, <laughs> don't play games. Um, so we start off, and Black Widow is outside of a secret base, and mm-hmm. they're trying to get inside. It's cold out there. Get, yeah, it's a, they got their parkas. Get, got some fog coming out of the breath there. Good, yeah. nice artwork there. Yes. Um, and yeah, so she's they're trying to get in and sneak in, and then whoop, flashback. <laughs> we <laughs> we flashback, flashback sound effect. <laughs> Best in the business here, people. Yeah. We flash back to uh, her very first mission, and she's 
a small child. I, I don't want to guess her age. Mm-hmm. But we'll go with small child. And there is a father with his son in the car, and he's obviously a bad guy that just has gotten out of prison. Why is he obviously a bad guy? Because I'm going to assume he's a bad guy. I don't know. Based on his dialogue. With Black Widow, you never know who's this, the bad guy and who's the good guy. That's true, but mm-hmm. we're going to go with bad guy. Okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so she is creepily like outside this car window while he's talking to his son, and then whoop pops in and just <laughs> starts stabbing him. <laughs> Yeah, it's hilarious um. stuff, this little girl stabbing <laughs> this uh, grown man. It's really laugh a minute uh, over here. I mean, no, it's really gory, but I this is the best way I can just express, express it. Express this, yeah. It's just through laughter. Um, yeah. So she <laughs> just stabs him to death and then realizes his son is there and you can't have any witnesses, right? So stabs the son. And I think she thinks he's dead, but he survives. And then, oh my gosh, cousin's in the back seat sleeping, and she Didn't did not know. see him at all. Missed the cousin completely. He did not get a single step. <laughs> um, so then they flash to the hospital, and the cousin is with the the cousin that got stabbed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's recovering. And they're talking about how they're gonna revenge their uncle slash father and mm-hmm. kill Black Widow. And they just—it's a growing up montage type doodad. And the cousin has telepathic abilities. Yep, one cousin has a telepath, and the other just a big dude. Okay, doesn't talk. And then you suddenly—they find out where she is, and then it flashes back to the future. And the telepath is working for Black Widow, Mm -hmm. and they're into the in the lair with Black Widow's original, you know, child. Because she is she is captured the telepathic guy, and she's making him work for her. Yeah. The forward tells you that yeah. she was being blackmailed, but then she got away from the blackmail, yeah. and now he works for and her. what did you learn about the forward? That they're important. Yeah, I mean, you should read them. Because <laughs> that's the why I was, that is why I was confused by right. this comic. Right. Um, now, what, now that you're not confused, now are you that I know that it? the flash, for, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yep. Um, so they're in this lair, and the telepaths trying to get all the information so they can find the leader of the assassin organization that trained her, mm-hmm. and uh, they end up. He ends up killing him. They but they find Whoa, her. Oh, spoilers! Oh, spoilers! They find the leader, and she's with her daughter. Yep. Her da- okay. Her daughter and Black Widow's trying to get the information of all of the people that she's currently training to be killer assassins, and I assume save them mm-hmm. from the killer assassin mm-hmm. lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, I don't know. I don't want to spoil that. But some stuff happens where the tele the telepath cannot retrieve the information. Because things happen. And <laughs> things happen. <laughs> well, it's, I don't want to spoil it. No, things. you're doing a good job. Uh, Keep dancing no, around it. Dance around it. Um, and so things happen, and Black Widow and the daughter have a little showdown, and I, I'm going to assume that they grew up as rivals because there's some clear tension there. There is some tension there. There is some tension there. No and uh, Black Widow basically throws down and just wins that argument slash fight. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. Crazy stuff that. going on in Black Widow. <laughs> also, crazy stuff going on in Captain America: Sam Wilson, number fourteen, which we do not have here. <laughs> it was written by Nick Spencer. Uh, the art was by Paul Renaud, I believe. It's a issue in large part about whether or not Sam Wilson should have to give up the shield. Steve Rogers plays a major role, uh, and some other characters basically speaking to whether or not Sam should continue on as Captain America. Good issue. Also, a good issue. Carnage number thirteen. 
written by Jerry Conway, art by Mike Pertinkins, color by Andy Troy. Uh, Carnage and Rays are in on an island in the Timor Sea. This is all narrated by Rays, which is very interesting. She's a new character. She's not entirely in control of herself. Carnage is having some trouble because he is like mind melded with this girl, Jubilee, who he is flashing back to events in her life. Uh, moments with her dad and her mom sailing around the world. And so now Carnage has become vulnerable. Meanwhile, Raze is doing things she doesn't want to do because she's under Carnage's control. She has a pretty unique observations about Carnage as he's going through this pain and how she feels about his role in her life. They're looking for the Darkhold. Uh, as Jubilee's memories get really bad, it coincides with Carnage fighting a whole bunch of natives and trying to find the place they need to go to basically sacrifice the Darkhold to get ultimate power. Will they or won't they? We will find out next issue. Civil War 2 Kingpin number 4, the final issue of the series written by Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, it's bloody and gory and horrible stuff happens and um, we don't have it here with us but no it really is a it's a strong issue Matthew finishes up strong um, the kingpin reasserts himself does some really nasty stuff and uh, proves that Wilson Fisk is not one to be trifled with Deadpool back in black number two we've got Deadpool uh, in the symbiote costume that's written by Cullen Bunn and he is having adventures all across the Marvel Universe, 1980s style. He teams up with Power Pack. That's freaking awesome. Uh, he fights some pretty nasty characters. Obnoxio the Clown shows up. All sorts of good stuff in Deadpool Back in Black number two. I think you guys should give Ben a hand because he doesn't have any of these comics. Yep. I'm just <laughs> remembering all of these because we don't have any of them with us. But they're all good. Um, so what we do have with us. Oh, good, because otherwise uh, we'd be not good. All right, Death of X. Um, number? Number two of four. There you go. Uh-huh, half of it. Okay. <laughs> Writers, Charles Soule and Jeff Limmer, Limmer? Lemire. Lemire. All right. Uh, colors by Maury Hollowell and J. David Ramos. Uh, is that it? Artist? Yeah, no, you got okay. it. Okay, cool. Um, so... Starts off in New Adelan, mm -hmm. the home of the Inhumans. <laughs> um, and <laughs> um, so basically, Storm shows up, and she's clearly peeved about something. And Medusa's like, "What's up, Storm? Why are you mad?" <laughs> and Storm Storm just blurts out that the the Terrigen mist that the Inhumans released mm -hmm. is killing mutants. What the what? what? And she clearly thinks that Medusa, maybe Trickery Tricky, has done this on purpose. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, Medusa's like, what? <laughs> this is a very interesting reading of this comic, yeah. Medusa um, is like, what? She's like, what? I would not do that. And then Storm says, okay, I'm going to believe you for now. We're, mm. we're, we're sure. Okay, okay. And they track the, the mist, find out where it's going, and Medusa, is that happening right now? Did I, did I jump ahead? No, nope, it happens right now. Okay. <laughs> and Medusa calls up a group of her inhumans mm -hmm. and says, hey, you need to get all of the mutants out of the area where the Terrigen Mist is going to go next. Because Seems like a good plan. They're going to die. Yeah. Get them out of there. A slow and painful death. And Storm's like, all right, I'm going to believe you. This isn't your fault. And I'm going to go help the inhumans mm -hmm. do this. Unfortunately. Um, yes. Unfortunately, Cyclops... Right? Yep. Maybe not so believing that Medusa's not behind this. No, not believing it at all. Um, get some super, like, 
telepath power going and broadcasts himself across the world to Whole everyone. World. Whole yep. world. Basically, mass panic ensues because he's saying that inhumans are trying to kill mutants and normal inhumans, people. Inhumans, yeah. And, uh, normal humans, just like you and me. <laughs> normal humans. You don't know that. I could be a human. <laughs> You're a mutant? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Um, but so I have the mass panic, and when they get to the location that the Terrigen Mist is heading to, there's just everyone's panicking, and they can't get the, hu- the mutants out in time because, you know, Panic. Mass panic. <laughs> Mass panic. Yep. Um, and so they des- they decide to get some crazy, use my powers, maybe die because it's so much power that I I'm wish using. you guys could all see the hand gestures <laughs> that Amanda is doing to Making try to illustrate. with my hands, yeah. basically. It adds a lot. Um, and so they're trying to divert the mist because there's not time to save the mutants. Storm gives them a hand with that. Flash to a, diff- a different place, and there's a bunch of Muir Island. Muir Island, yes. Yeah. And there are some mutants burying mutants who have died from the mist. People are like Cyclops. I don't know. Maybe this is not a best plan here. And he's like, No, no, we gotta do this, guys. We're all gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> uh, flashback to the panic where the Terrigen Mist was. They're safe from the Terrigen Mist, but mm-hmm. they're still going crazy, and they don't want people to die. And so one of the Inhumans tells. A new Inhuman to use her special powers, his his, his special powers, <laughs> to put everyone to sleep. And he warns her that he doesn't know what could happen because mm-hmm. he doesn't have a good control of his powers. And that's going to also affect the mutants, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And she says, I got, it's cool. I'll take the blame. We need to put people to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then something happens, <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you. You're <laughs> <laughs> good at those last-page teasers. Very yeah. good. All right. <laughs> Doctor Strange, number 13, written by Jason Aaron, art by Chris Pachalo. Blood in the Ether, Chapter 2, Inkers, Al Vey, John Livesay, Victor Olazaba, Wayne Foucher, and Tim Townsend. Basically what's happening is everyone now knows that Doctor Strange is underpowered after the last days of magic, so all his old enemies are coming out of the woodwork. The first one that came out of the woodwork was Baron Mordo, but then Nightmare showed up, which explains why the first few pages of this are basically Doctor Strange trapped in a dream, trying to figure out what's going on. Dormammu makes a cameo appearance. Uh, Wong and Zelma go into the dream realm to try to help Doc. He has a battle with Nightmare. It's not aided by the fact that, again, he's not very powerful. He's got to use weapons. He's got to use smarts. He fights a bunch of clowns, for real. Um, And then he ends up with another one of his old enemies back to trying to have a go at him. So no one is leaving Doctor Strange alone. They're all being very mean to him. Uh, And over an infamous Iron Man, speaking of being very mean, Written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Alex Malev. Doctor Doom takes a go at being Iron Man. What? How do you remember who did the art? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that art, book. Art by Alex Malev, man. It was beautiful. Yeah, so so Doctor Doom takes a, takes a go at being Iron Man. He meets with some people close to Tony Stark. He goes and takes some Iron Man armor. He gets an AI that looks and talks like Tony Stark. So basically we've got Tony Stark advising Victor Von Doom as he tries to be Iron Man. But S.H.I.E.L.D., they are uh, not believing that Doctor Doom has turned over a new leaf. Thus, they have sent someone, a special agent, to handle the Doctor Doom problem. And I think a lot of people are going to be really excited when they see who that special agent is. Mighty Thor, number 12, written by Jason Aaron. Art in the present day by Russell Dowderman. Color art in the present day by Matthew Wilson. Art and color in old Asgard by Fraser Irving. This is a cool as blank issue. (laughs) Um, We go back to 
the uh, library, the halls of the all-knowing, which we saw way back early in Jason Aaron's Thor run. Mjolnir has taken Jane Foster Thor here so that she can learn the origin of Mjolnir. Uh, Mjolnir was first created by dwarves. It was part of a storm that was raging so hard that they had to basically con- condense it down into stone, but it would never be fully stopped. This art is beautiful. It's gorgeous painted stuff by Fraser Irving. Uh, Odin has a struggle with the storm and a struggle with Mjolnir. Orders it to be made into a hammer. Can't pick it up. Really great because Odin's a jerk. Um, and then we find out how Mjolnir came to be in its present state. Um, and we also see a nice tease for the next major Thor storyline on the last page. Uh, next up is Mockingbird number eight. Uh, writer Chelsea Kane, penciler Kate Niemzik. Colors by Rachel Rosenberg. Uh, this one was, I like this one. You like this yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> Mockingbird's a good book. Um, this is so the last issue of Mockingbird, though. Is it? Yeah. That's a bummer. You gotta go back and read them all. I guess read so. Read all the other ones. All right. They were really good. <laughs> uh, so starts off, you're in Paris, and Mockingjay Bobby is... Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Mockingjay is uh, the, other one, the other movie series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mockingbird Bobby is with um, Hawkeye, right? Yep. Hawkeye, yeah. And they're married at the time, but it's not going so well. And, yeah, he gets up and leaves. They're having a nice Paris argument. That was a flashback. Yes. Um, And we fast forward to present day. Uh, They're divorced. Go figure. Okay. Um, And she is on a cruise with apparently a bunch of nerdy people. Yeah. And it's awesome. You loved it. I did. I loved the nerd references. <laughs> um, so she's on a cruise, and I guess her ex-boyfriend? Yep, Lance Hunter. Ex-boyfriend, who is the Phantom Rider. Oh, no, the Phantom Rider is a whole different ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Phantom Rider, um, who can only possess his relatives, and go figure, he used like Ancestry.com or mm-hmm. something, and found out that one of the ship crew is his very distant relative. So he got in there. So he got in there because she was in there and yep. he's chasing her as ex-boyfriends do. Yep. <laughs> and she's like, get away from me. Yep. This is over. Phantom Rider's like, I want to take a trip to the Bone Zone. She's <laughs> like, I don't want to go anywhere near the Bone Zone. That is exa- that's a good... That that's a good is, summation yeah, of what's going on in, this, in uh, Mockingbird. Finally, she gets really fed up and does her little nerds of assemble mm-hmm. motion and all of her nerd friends come over and... Um, Paul Storm? Paul and Storm. Paul and Storm. That, we just interviewed them at New York Comic Con. They said they were going to be in this issue. Yeah, and it's it's apparently Paul is really good with animals, mm-hmm. and so when Ghost Phantom Rider, Phantom, or Rider. Phantom Rider, summons his phantom horse, mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul goes up and uh, it's like, horsey be free, and, yeah. and the horse leaves Phantom Rider. Yep. You also have Dungeon Master, who I'm not sure if he does anything useful. Mm. Don't think so, but you know. Uh, some other fans try and give it a go because they're trying to save Bobby. Um, Horace runs away, and Phantom Rider is like, "What? How did you do this?" Yeah. Um, then some corgis attack Phantom Rider and steal yeah. his gun. Of course, uh, as corgis do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby has her little flow chart of everything. That's it's great. How is she going to defeat Phantom Rider? And it's it's pretty funny flowchart. I would recommend you read that, even if it doesn't seem like all the arrows. It's a lot. <laughs> all the arrows. It's a lot of reading to ask. Lots. Of, yep. Um, he tries to summon his dead pirate army and tells them to kill everyone except they're Bobby. Not, they're not interested. And though. they're like, "What? 
That is mean. That's rude, you know? Just because they're pirates what? doesn't make them bad people. That is some stereotyping right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And so they... Busting down stereotypes here in Mockingbird. Yeah. They they head back to the sea, and Ghost Rider is fed up, and you know what? Phantom if I, Rider. Phantom Rider, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Phantom Rider says, you know what? If I can't have you, no at, one does. I thought you were looking at Ghost Rider. No, no. If I can't have you, no one does. Punches her in the face and pushes her overboard, and apparently because they're in the Bermuda Triangle, he gets... Uh, evaporated I guess the best that's so he's gone a mermaid corgis save her <laughs> and take her yep. to a nice resort yeah, island where she's chilling out until she is rescued by her friend Lance Hunter Lance other Hunter ex-boyfriend. other ex-boyfriend and then they're in a nice snowy cabin and the ex-boyfriends are fighting over her again great as, stuff Mockingbird yep. is a fantastic book. Chelsea Kane did such a good job on that. We are going to miss it badly. One thing we will not have to miss, luckily, is Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, number 11, written by Kate Leth, art by Brittany Williams. This is the ground floor of a new rivalry, a cat versus cat rivalry, as Black Cat is recruiting basically a girl gang. Hellcat has got her good guy gang. They're training their respective sides, and there's no question that they are on a collision course. The black cats are causing problems all over the neighborhood, specifically where Black Cat or where Hellcat and Ian live. Ian has a connection to one of the black cats, which is very surprising, um, and we don't know where that's going. But he uses his superpowers. Hellcat uses her powers. Uh, black Cat uses the bag that can uh, put anyone that, that can store anything. Uh, to bad effect, and there are cute pictures of kids and kittens on the letters page, like always. So Black Cats, or Hellcat, always good book. Um, Silk, up number 13. Uh, writer Robbie Thompson, artist Tana Ford. Tana, all right. Colors by Ian Herring. Uh, basically, our hero has followed her missing parents into the negative zone trying to you rescue got that them. that from the recap page, right? I did. I got nice that job. from the recap page. Nice job. Um, and so we're, we're in the negative zone and she's fighting with this red knight. Turns out red knight is her mom and they're trying to get into the castle to save the dad mm-hmm. who's stuck in the castle because he went there to try and find some magical mystery juju. <laughs> um, her two, two of her friends have come with her and they're riding a dragon so they obviously got the better hand there and they're all fighting this army trying to get into the castle. You get some flashbacks of when she's a kid with her parents. Mm-hmm. Nice touching stuff. So touching. You know. <laughs> um, big bad guy comes out and tries to, you know, kill mom. And daughter's, you know. daughter's like, hey, man, I'm a superhero. I got this. Yep. And mom's trying to be mom, protect the kid. Again, Amanda using hand gestures to. Uh, I'm shooting so webs out of my hand. Shooting webs out of her hand and pushing <laughs> the bad guy back. <laughs> Um, yeah, mom's trying to be mom and save the daughter, but daughter is a big superhero, and she's like, I got this, mom, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they go into the ca- get into the castle. They find daddy, who did not find his magic juju. Mm. Um, or did yeah. he? <laughs> they escape the negative zone. They're back to their nice family. Uh, they have a brother. She has a brother. Mm-hmm. They have a nice little reunion. They get a house. Cool. Thanks to her That's secret agent. What? That's Mockingbird. That making looks so different. I know. Yeah, that's that artist differences, yeah. man. All right. Well, Mockingbird gets them a house. Yeah. Good for her. We've not seen the last <laughs> of Mockingbird. No. Um, 
they're a little bit skeptical because it's a nice house, but hey, you know, we've been in the negative zone, trapped forever. And then it flashes back to the dad because did he find his magic juju? And what's he going to do with it if he did? <laughs> a lot of questions we need to answer. A lot of questions. More questions in Spider-Gwen, number 13, written by Jason Latour. Art by Robbie Rodriguez. Colors by Rico Renzi. It's a special Halloween issue. The Mary Janes go out trick-or-treating, and they decide to encounter the Spider-Gwen version of Mysterio. It's basically a haunted carnival. Betty Brant has a very cool adventure with her doll. Uh, what's going on with MJ and Glory? They're basically, they both suspect Gwen of being Spider Woman. They're trying to get her to admit it so that they can save her because they get into a little bit of hot water. Uh, she doesn't have her powers anymore. She gets haunted by Peter Parker and some other things from her past. Uh, there's a full on animatronic rendition of Thriller, which is just <laughs> tremendous. Uh, there's Betty Brant making like she's in The Shining. Uh, there's a Scooby-Doo gag with pulling masks off of Mysterio. It's really funny stuff. It's really entertaining. And as with everything in Spider-Gwen, it's totally unique. So it's very cool, and I do recommend you check it out. Next up is Spider-Woman number 12. Uh, writer Dennis Hopeland, artist Ty Walker, and colors by Rachel Rosenberg. Uh, you see, you have Spider Woman, and she's how she's her day off. Mm-hmm. She's getting her kid ready. They're going sure. out. Yeah, yeah, they're going to the beach. She sees some some super stuff going down, and she's like, "Not having it." And nope. she gets to the beach. Where and what are you doing with your hand right now? <laughs> making the "not having it" yep. <laughs> gesture. <laughs> she, you know, gets to where she's going and meets up with ex villain bestie porcupine. 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 Uh, big burly man. Yep. So fun times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they go to the beach. Um, some the, so the super stuff that was happening earlier that she was like not having it maybe mm-hmm. comes back you know to bite her in the butt a little yeah, bit because the Sandman's there the, yeah they're chilling the at the beach the freaking Sandman is on the beach Sandman is mad that his plan was foiled by Malis, Miles Morales mm-hmm. and uh, tries to get his nice umbrella drink on and mm-hmm. they don't have his umbrella drinks throws a little fit and it's up to Porcupine to save the day because Spider-Woman again not having it not having it <laughs> not having it <laughs> Uh, he goes over and tries to talk to Sandman. Sandman's like, "Oh wait, yeah, Sandman's you're not having it. you're a good guy now, so yeah, not nope." <laughs> uh, they get into a nice fight. Spider Woman gives the kids free candy because she's trying to get them out of the way of the fight. Mm-hmm. Good to be one of those kids on that day. Um, you have some interesting stuff with her child. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Is this? Sa- I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but spoiler alert: child maybe has powers. I don't know. I didn't really see any powers there. <laughs> right there. What are you talking about? Right there. That's and her. No, because then she's like no to the baby. I don't know. I think that's what it is. Anyway, um, Porcupine having a rough time defeating rough the time. Sandman, despite um, being a big burly man. Basically, just getting a beat down. Then he realizes, oh wait, electricity. Yep. And defeats him, goes back, and his daughter's like, "Hey, daddy!" And Spider Woman's like, "Thanks, man. I was not having that today." And yep. th- she wasn't. She really wasn't having <laughs> it. She said several times that she wasn't was having, having it. That. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number thirteen, written by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson, color art by Rico Renzi. Uh, this guy, Enigmo has taken over the entire United States and parts of Canada, part of Canada where <laughs> Squirrel Girl happens to be. He can split himself into a bunch of littler people. Uh, there's a lot of fun that Ryan and Erica have with this, with different uh, social media handles and different bull- bulletin headlines. Um, but the gist is that Brain Drain, 
decides to, in order to defeat Enigma, who's a size-changing villain, he needs a size-changing hero. He kidnaps Ant-Man, brings Scott Lang to Canada so they can figure out with Squirrel Girl what to do. Scott Lang hates being in Canada. He hates the fact that a jet he was taking care of got destroyed. He hates the fact that his van is getting totaled. It's basically just all bad news for Scott Lang. Um, meanwhile, Squirrel Girl and her crew are trying their best to figure out how they can they can get to the bottom of defeating this Enigma, who is just a major problem. Um, and Enigma uh, is, is spying on them, doing the whole thing. Uh, it's it's going to continue into the next issue. Scott and Brain Drain and Squirrel Girl are all going to have to team up. Tippy Toes in the mix. Uh, it's going to be a big problem from Little Enigma. Gotta say, I don't feel too bad for Scott because all of his woes are self-inflicted. Yeah, it's true. So... He's just wow. doing a little tantrum. Wow. <laughs> Hot take by Amanda. <laughs> uh, Uncanny Inhumans, number 14. Writer Charles Soule's artist Kim Jacinto. Yep. All right. Um, all right. So Iron Man attacks New Adelan, mm-hmm. and he sends a bunch of drones, um, manages to get the whole shebang under his control puts a nice little force field up, up around it and it's like ah, guys this is mine now cool beans and yep he says cool beans <laughs> cool beans Iron um, Man would never say cool beans the inhumans that are trapped you have a little little banter between uh, Triton and Maximus Maximus okay, I'm trying I forgot his name um, because apparently Maximus has caused this mm-hmm. to happen, and Triton's like, well, this is not what I wanted, mm-hmm. even though I wanted you to do this. This isn't what I wanted. And so he goes and tries to help the Inhumans take back New Adelan from Iron Man. Um, Karnak gets um, them to fight, to fight back, even though, you know, they're overpowered. They're overpowered. Uh, Iron Man demanded that Medusa surrender herself and he would give back New Adelan if she did so, but she's like, no. <laughs> um, you get some fighting going on between the robo-Iron Mans and all of the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of use him as a distraction to take out the main Iron Man in hopes to get the shield down so that their backup can come and save them. Um, they succeed in that effort, and Medusa shows up, and... Iron Man's like, all right, well, Medusa showed up, so I got my what I wanted mm-hmm. anyway. And they have a nice little discussion where Medusa says, I'm not actually the one that did what you think I did. Mm-hmm. Trident shows up and says, she's telling the truth. I'm actually the one that tried to do what she thinks she did, mm-hmm. and I did it via Maximus. So he's the real bad guy, even though I'm the one that told him to do this. And then you see what happens when <laughs> Tony Stark finds this out. <laughs> okay. Very well done. Very well done, Amanda. Last but not least, we've got X-Men number two, number eight. We've got a whole bunch of stuff going on here. First of all, Apocalypse, Games Master, uh, Exodus, Bastion, all on the same page. What? <laughs> Forge trying to find out a way that he can track the X-Men who have gone missing in space with Lila Cheney. But my boy Adam X, the Extreme, is leading a team of misfit mutants that includes Marrow, Maggot, Random, a few others, and they are taking on X-Factor. Uh, Gladiator and the Imperial Guard across the universe have found the X-Men, who are with a special mutant uh, section of the Brood. The Shi'ar want to take the Brood in. The X-Men want them to stay free. We get Gladiator against Rogue in a great fight. We flash back to the Earth, where X-Factor is still taking on the Misfit Mutants uh, over in Thailand. The upstarts are up to something, and then there's an ominous warning from Apocalypse to end the whole issue. Ooh, so many crazy characters in this thing. I am loving it. 
torn right out of my childhood. It's fantastic. All right, Amanda, what is your Twim of the Week, your inaugural Twim of the Week? Oh, my Twim of the Week. It's either Mockingbird or Spider-Woman because I like both of them. They're both very good. I'm going to have to go with Mockingbird. I I thought you would. I thought you would. I enjoy the nerd references. A lot of good ones this week. Amazing Spider-Man was good. Uh, Civil War Kingpin was very good. Death of X was good. Mighty Thor was excellent. Infamous Iron Man. I'm going to go with Black Panther number seven. The confusing one. The one you couldn't understand <laughs> because I'm so smart and I got uh, it and it was great. Yeah. All right. Uh, collections on sale this week. We've got All New and Humans Volume 2, Sky Spears, All New Wolverine Volume 2, Civil War 2, Captain Marvel, Earth's Mightiest Hero Volume 2, Daredevil Punisher, Seventh Circle, Doctor Strange, Epic Collection Volume 3, A Separate Reality, Doctor Strange, The Flight of Bones, Legendary Star-Lord Volume 4, Out of Orbit, and Son of Satan Classic. Digital comics on sale this week. We've got Deadpool Too Soon Infinite Comic number eight and the Slapstick Infinite Comic number one. Also on sale on the Marvel app this week, Avengers Finale 1, Black Panther 10 through 15, Doctor Strange 180 through 183, Doctor Strange 2 through 4, Doctor Strange 1 through 4. Different series runs. Yay. (laughs) Franklin Richards School's Out number one, Ghost Rider 1 through 2, Marvel Premiere, 3 through 14 and 51 through 53. Marvel Spotlight, 12 through 24. Marvel Team Up, 32. Marvel 2-in-1, number 14. Mystic Hands of Doctor Strange, number 1. That is a great one-shot for anyone looking for some Doctor Strange before the movie. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Son of Satan, 1 through 8. And Submariner, number 22. Digital collections on sale. All New Inhumans, Volume 2. Sky Spears. All New Wolverine, Volume 2. Civil War 2. Daredevil Punisher, Seventh Circle. Doctor Strange, Epic Collection, A Separate Reality. Doctor Strange, The Flight of Bones, Legendary Star-Lord, Volume 4, Out of Orbit, Mockingbird, Volume 1, I Can Explain, (laughs) Son of Satan, Classic, Exiles, Volume 12, World Tour, Book 1, and Volume 13, World Tour, Book 2, New Thunderbolts, Volume 1, One Step Forward, New Warriors, Volume 1, Defiant, and New Warriors, Volume 2, Thrashed. Freshly digitized comics on Marvel Unlimited, all-new Hawkeye, number 6, Amazing Spider-Man and Silk, the Spider-Fly Effect Infinite Comic, number 7, Yeah. Avengers, number 349, Captain America, Road to War, number 1, Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 8, Captain Marvel, number 4, Daredevil, Punisher, Seven Circle, Infinite Comic, number 4, Darkhold, Pages from the Book of Sins, Mm -hmm. number Mm 1, Deadpool, number 10, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, number 3, Deathlock 1999 numbers 1 through 11, Deathlock Annual number 1, Defenders the 1972 series numbers 31 through 38, Extraordinary X-Men number 9, Guardians of Infinity number 5, Haunted Mansion number 2, Hyperion number 2, Incredible Hulk numbers 269 through 270, numbers 272 through 299, Karnak number 3, Star Wars Special C-3PO, that sounds fun, number 1. Thor number 477, Web Warriors number 6, Weird World number 5, and X-Men 92 number 2. Such a nerd. (laughs) Um, Let's do some news, Amanda. And now, from Marvel headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. All right, comics news this week. We've been teasing X-Men stuff all week, and as of, depending on when this comes out, if this comes out Thursday, then... Tomorrow, Friday, you guys will get a big hint what it's all about. I'm super excited for it. Um, You guys have been wanting certain X-Men news from us for a long time here at Marvel, and we are delivering. 
Also, something really cool that we did this week, we did a new uh, series on Marvel.com called Inside the House of Ideas, where we're going to take people who work here at Marvel and give kind of their takes on which comics they're digging. Uh, Deverio Johnson kicks us off with Mosaic Number 1. Deverio did a great job writing why he loved Mosaic Number 1. Highly um, encourage reading that, and hopefully we'll have more to come. Over in Games, Blade got a new four-star variant in Marvel Puzzle Quest. He's now Blade Modern, in addition to Blade Daywalker. And there are symbiotes all over Spider-Man Limited. I don't even remember all the symbiotes. I know Venom's there, Carnage is there, Mary Jane has a symbiote, Anti-Venom's there, Toxin's there, a whole bunch of symbiotes I can't even remember are there. They're crazy, and they're all over Spider-Man Limited. Okay, guys, we are going to send it to the West Coast, but we are not going to come back. They're going to finish us off this time. I will let them know that they're doing that, so hopefully they do <laughs> finish off. Um, but we will be back with your questions and comments next week for TwimURC. Mandy, you did a great job. I'm sorry again. Thank you. Please, for, thank, please don't hate me. Thank you. Like, <laughs> please send her, uh, send send her encouraging tweets at where? Uh, at sometimes Amanda. Yes, at sometimes Amanda. Because I'm not always me, apparently. And we will have me and Ryan back here next week. Let's take it over to the West Coast with Strami and Christine. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello this week in Marvelites. It's strumming with Strami time, I guess, since I do not have Christine with me because we are, have sort of been all over the place uh, this this week. I am literally about to run out the door to the world premiere of Marvel's Doctor Strange. Uh, so if you're listening to this before that, watch our live stream. Uh, if you're listening to this after it, you can still watch our live stream. Go to marvel.com slash... Doctor Strange premiere. Um, what else can we talk about? New episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hit this week, of course. We've got another one next week, Tuesday, 10, 9 central. And uh, by the time you're listening to this, I hope we have posted the second episode of Forging Marvel's S.H.I.E.L.D., our behind-the-scenes look at the series, which uh, this time focused on some of the stunts from this week's episode, including that car chase sequence and uh, the bit where uh, Robbie and JT James uh, fall out of a second story into a bunch of fireworks. So you can check all that out. Of course, we'll have clips from next week's episode. Uh, new This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast went up with Elizabeth Henstridge for this episode. Oh boy, what else, what else can we talk about? I, I'm sure I missed something. Oh, we've been uh, posting a bunch of new teasers for Legion on our social channels, Facebook and Twitter. Those will be going up on YouTube as well soon. So check all that out. Of course, Legion coming to FX um, early 2017. Then, what else can we talk about? Really not sure. Like I say, this is a very crazy week. Um, I hear I'm signing off the podcast. This is getting done in two minutes. I literally got around the door right now to go to the premiere. Um, So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Until next week, this is Marvel, your universe.